Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. And with us today we have... I'm Leona. Yay! Yay. Good to have you with us, as always. Mm -hmm. Good to be here, as always. We got cool stuff to talk about today. Like, just, I mean, like every other episode, of course. I mean, they're all cool. They're all cool episodes. Absolutely. We are dripping with cool, especially when we talk about You know, that's what people always told me in high school. Dripping with cool. Dripping with cool. Dripping with cool. That was our nickname. That was, yep. That was my senior superlative. Most drippingest in cool. (laughs) I'd like to see that yearbook, please. Yeah, um, it's, (laughs) Maybe that's uh, a gross yearbook. I lost it. I definitely didn't get weirdest as my superlative. Nope, it was most drippingest and cool. You did go to a mean school. I mean, yeah, I did, but still. <laughs> there were a lot of mean kids at your school. There were also a lot of awesome people at my school. It's true. Keith was well, at that school. Yeah. Keith's good. You were at that school. Oh, look at that. That was the smoothest. Super smooth. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Thanks for the cover. <laughs> 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 so this time around episode 61 we were talking about a warrior specialization we had our usual poll and the window that came out was the chevalier which i am kind of excited about because it's a very it's this is a unique specialization and it, it is the only specialization in the role-playing game that is not in any of the video games this one is unique to the rpg that is pretty cool mm-hmm mm-hmm and when we get into it, we'll probably see why. It's kind of niche and does things that none of the games have really gotten to touch on just yet. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to that, of course. Mm-hmm. We want to do a quick shout-out for some of our friends at the D20 Radio Network. Don't forget to check out the Power by Fate podcast, a new podcast based around the Fate RPG. Nice. Uh, and, of course, the Movie Defenders. Uh, some of our uh, fellow newer podcasts are on the D20 Network. And, of course, they're folks, uh, the movie defenders are folks who check out movies that have received criticism for good and bad reasons, and they try to defend them, yeah. as, the, as the title suggests. <laughs> Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no news this week in Thetis. We're still keeping our ears to the ground about when uh, the Faces of Thetis book is coming around. Still nothing new just yet, but when you know. Uh, but when we know, you, we'll, you'll know. So I guess Amazon when you know, we'll know. by. Amazon was a lie. They told us what, like August twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. And now that it's it September twentieth. Yeah. What's going on here, guys? I can only have my heart broken so many times, Amazon. I know. We can't trust Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> and now, for more than other reasons, this is. <laughs> this got topical. We're gonna get shut down. We're, we got way too topical in this one in this podcast about people who fight dragons. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and consult our codex? You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? I'm just saying we're gonna get like a codex entry from Jeff Bezos, like prepare to be destroyed. Prepare for destruction. And it's like, oh, well. Let the skies boil. Here we go. We don't have any money. No, we don't. Um, 
The first question comes from our good friend Parcival on the Green Running Forums. Hey, Toby. How's it going? Uh, Pondering, your question was, pondering traps and poisons has got me thinking about grenades, actually, and brought me to a question for your next podcast. Apart from receiving the ability to use them with the journeyman level of poison-making talent, there doesn't seem to be any upgrades to their use at master level. Whilst potions go up, uh, poisons go up at least a d6 in damage per talent level, and traps increase their lethality by 2d6, grenades appear to not benefit. In the Dragon Age Inquisition computer game, grenades can be upgraded in various ways. How would you allow upgrades to grenades and invest the mo- and invent the monetary cost of doing so? I like this. I think this is a good idea. I had a lot of fun upgrading poisons and bombs and potions in Inquisition. I thought that was a lot. Of, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how would we go about doing that? I think there's a couple ways we could get away with it. Uh, what do you think? Um, there could be, let's see, if we go the Inquisition route, then there, it would, there would not, not exactly a lot of, like, trees of investment so much as, uh, upgrading particular aspects of it. Maybe for, like, firebombs, it would, uh, it could make it particularly sticky in terms of its composition so that it sticks to, uh, f- materials that wouldn't otherwise be flammable. Or maybe it burns a little hotter on those materials. And, of course, you could just increase the damage on some of them or increase their reach. Yeah, I was thinking you could increase the um, area of effect. Mm-hmm. Make them get a wider a wider uh, radius. Mm-hmm. Yes. That could never... And that, that could be... That could always be fun. Um, you could also, I guess, maybe a more aerodynamic bottle so that you can throw them farther. That's never a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or you could just use the modern age rules on throwing on throwing grenades, which would, I really like those rules. Those are pretty solid. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the Dragon Age, uh, eight yards or let's see, eight yards at most. When uh, I think modern age is like ten plus strength yards, something like that. Which I that thought was sounds pretty, right. I, I mean, I don't know, but that seems reasonable. It sounds reasonable to me. Uh, but maybe you could increase their throwing arc. Uh, maybe you could make them add some extra effects. Maybe if you use, uh, maybe you could upgrade the shock bomb so that they cause the stunned effect on targets that fail a test against the bomb. Uh, or maybe the frost bomb could create slippery grounds that is difficult to move across. That could. I, I like the idea of adding conditions. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have things like the bees conditions. Oh, yes. Oh, 100% bee bombs. <laughs> and some wasps. I love, I love I bee love, bombs. I love, the, the, the bee grenade was probably my favorite in the entire game. Hands down. It's the best. It's just I a jar of bees. It. I mean. <laughs> and of course, it's Sarah's damn idea. <laughs> it also just, it makes me think of all the great memes on the internet involving the, you know, presentation and misuse of bees in general like uh the oprah bees thing where it's like everybody gets a car but instead they just put bees at the bottom there's like bees that have been superimposed on the screen and everybody's crying about the bees oh yeah good stuff just bees they're good bees are good makes me think Except of for dr people you don't like. as well dr bees i mean stuff. maybe with these upgrades we could all become dr, dr. Bees. bees that would be good so I hope that gives you some ideas, Parzival. Uh, of course, if anyone wants to like write down some stuff, we'd be happy to feature it on the podcast. But you know, this is mostly just kind of shooting the breeze and thinking yeah. of some potential ideas. I hope we're uh, 
getting folks uh, thought and say thought butter churning. Gross. <laughs> Very. Gross. <laughs> Quite. Um, Quite. Incidentally, uh, uh, but this next question comes from our good friend Drunkle Grog through our Facebook page. What does that have to do with churning thought butter? Uh, you said he, incidentally. Because he brought a question. Oh, so he churned the. Th- oh, okay, well. He's churning I, the thought butter. I just, I don't want to say it. Don't, I don't want to. Don't make it. It was a reach. It. it was a reach. <laughs> Drunko Grog asks For the next time you have a big crew together, Drunko Grog would ask, What's new in your campaigns? We don't have a super big crew here today. We don't have Andy with us, but. Yes. We could always bring this question back next time Andy comes in. Yeah, kind of hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. I hear we, he started a new Dragon Age campaign. Yeah, we haven't been getting to play too much in the way of Dragon Age, and yeah, after, since our campaign wrapped up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Faith Misplaced wrapped up, which was fantastic, and we did do an epilogue episode with that, that, that legit involved the hot springs because we're all anime trash around here <laughs> secretly. I remember but, the hot uh, springs. You always got to do a hot springs episode. Oh yeah. That uh, we also I just started grad school and it has left and Ren has been working all the time and so it has left us with precious little time for starting and running games. But we have been doing a fair like a decent amount of Pathfinder because mm-hmm. we you know run that here. And the Hell's Rebels campaign. Yeah, Hell's well, Rebels is going really well. Added two new players, getting into book five. Stuff's getting weird. We yeah, stuff's getting help. bad. My uh, my poor little like fifteen year old Asimar Bard just discovered a body, really, really unpleasantly. Yeah, it was a bad there's scene. a serial killer in this adventure. Ooh, a serial killer from beyond. Yes, but to avoid spoilers, basically we're uh, we're doing some crime drama solving. So. Hmm. Ooh, fun. Which has now become uh, dungeon crawl solving. Yeah, now it's a dungeon crawl. Oh, they're always the best. Oh, yeah. That's so true. That's I do love a good dungeon crawl. But a uh, classic. What uh, about you, Leona? Yeah. you have any game stories from recently? Uh, well, we started a new campaign, uh, Ooh. Probably, I think about six weeks ago. Um, we're just getting started. Um, we're agents of the Inquisition, so we're running table missions, basically. Nice. Which is fun because um, our DM, Derek, he is giving us each of the choices, like the Colin route, the Leliana route, the Ooh. Josephine route. And as a group, we decide which route we're going to take. And that's oh, that's how. cool. That's so yeah. clever. I love it. Um, like the last one we had, we went to Jader to get a supply route. And we had to decide if we were going to take the Cullen route and guard a caravan, go the Leliana route and, you know, make a deal with the Carta. Oh, or oh. Or go the Josephine route, and what was the Josephine route? Obviously, that's not the one we did. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor Josie. <laughs> Poor um, Josie. We could yeah, just no. talk to them. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was along those lines, and we ended up with the Carta, which was not my choice, because uh. my... My dwarf didn't enjoy that at all, but... Oh. Yeah, I'm betting that wasn't but, really top-notch for you. But that was just my character. It, it, we ended up, you know, we got the job done. Fair enough. We yeah. did it. Um, but yeah, each we have a choice each time, so it, it's kind of fun. That's a really clever idea. I like that idea a lot. Especially, like, the deciding it as a table. 
Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And we each have two characters that we run, so oh. we can decide which one of our characters is best suited for whatever we're going to be doing. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's a cool format. Um, I mean, downside is you don't get as much XP, so you don't level your characters as quickly. Okay. Um, but upside is you've got two characters to play with. I mean... Uh, question. I've had to deal with this before. Have you had to roleplay with yourself? Because... That we, gets awkward quickly. No. Um, that's kind of one of the rules is that your two characters will really never meet, per se. Okay. Okay. We, we can maybe have one or two lines of dialogue with ourselves, but we really don't. We also have a, um, like a board on a forum that we role play on during the okay. week in between sessions. And then nice. we... And sometimes okay. we end up, and we post as each character, and what we'll do is, I know at one point I had my first character go, and then my second character came in. So it was not quite role-playing with myself, but, like, with a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the way we kind of run it, and it's working well, and we I have like fun. That. That's really yeah. cool. I've been it's, wanting more people to, like, you know, do... Uh, forum-based, like, roleplay posts. Mm -hmm. But nobody seems to ever want to do it when I bring it up. Maybe we can try it with the new... You know, it could be fun is trying it with uh, our potential Fantasy Age campaign. Wink. That would be fun. Wink. Um, I saw that. And making wink. it available to the public to, to see. You know what? You actually did... You're the only person that gets to see that wink. Congratulations. <laughs> you paid us good money for that wink. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that would be fun. That could be fun. We got an Obsidian portal for the campaign setting and everything. Yeah, that'd be good. But, right. uh, yeah, so that's, I think that's about what's going on for Uncle Grog. Appreciate the, the, the fun question. We'll keep you posted. Mm -hmm. Expect uh, developments on our end within... Next well, couple months. Next couple, few months. Well, not the next couple months. In the next couple months, we'll be lucky if I'm still breathing by the end of it. But maybe December, January? Grad school is a heck of a drug. Oh my goodness, I can't. I, I'm at the top of the first hill on the roller coaster, and it's one of those that goes like deeper than a 90 degree angle, so you can't see the track below you, and you know that this is just going to be the most ridiculous ride of your life, and, but they've stopped you at the precipice. That's where I am right now. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Better you than me. I got through my college, and I was like, done! Oh man. I am done. <laughs> Yeah, I'm loving it so far, but I'm sure I will also be regretting it simultaneously mm. very soon. You can have both. Por que no los dos? Yeah, yeah por que no los dos? Uh, now, those of you out listening out there, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send us a message to oneisathetispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts. Or you can send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healerpuff on the Green Running forums. Or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 radio forums. That's, That's us. us. 
Yeah. Uh, not got anything to show for the Disney Versus this time. I've got something potentially in the works that I'd like to share because it's real cool. Someone put mm-hmm. a lot of work into it, but I don't have Try to get permission first. permission to generally use Generally a good idea. So, we're If going you want to wanna send off. us a thing, send it to the stuff we just said. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you want to see all the things that we've already ma- uh, uh, d- shown in the Disney Versus... Uh, you can find it in our resources for your game page on our blog, one is the podcast.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think we've done enough horsing around. It's time to saddle up. It's time to saddle up. Uh, <laughs> the... I'm surprised you're not judging me. You usually have a rather uh, benighted attitude when it comes to puns. Uh. I barely know what that word means, so you might be really losing to me on Okay, it. well, it means ignorant of puns and desiring <laughs> to remain so, and just uh, oh, there we sort go. of willfully trying not to think about them, but it also, is... most importantly, sounds like the word night, which is pretty much what we're talking yeah, about it's today. It's very much but see, You made me, me explain the pun, which kind of takes the wind out of its sails a little bit. It's not a very good thing to do, it's... Uh... I'm trying to think of a French pun, and I'm just not coming up with anything. Uh, anyway, it this would is help the... if you knew French. <laughs> it would help if I knew French. <laughs> uh, this is the main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So you want to be a chevalier. You can turn to pages 71 and 72 of the core rulebook to see the specialization for yourself, but we're going to die right in. Oh, uh, dang. I could have said something about how, you know, you could try until your voice was hoarse, but uh, uh, not knowing French wouldn't help you out. So what is a chevalier? <laughs> you, I hear you all out there asking me. <laughs> Loudly uh, over my voice. Night, uh, uh, chevalier. Knights on horseback, weapons and armor gleaming in the light, pennants snapping in the wind. The Chevaliers are a respected and feared order of knights from Orlais. Many of them are jerks. Yes, they are known for their impressive combat training, uh, mastery of fighting while mounted, and their brutality slash pompous nature. Well, they're Orlesians, so I think pompous is just a given, right? Yeah, that kind of comes with the territory. If you don't, everyone else won't take you seriously. Exactly. I find it harder to take them seriously because they're that pompous. Ooh. They know they, they not like you. Uh, yeah, well, we figured that out. out in the campaign, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> we did. I actually had an interesting thought earlier today because yes. they made you honorary lo- uh, ladies. Oh, no. Does that mean that, first of all, it means that you guys do have, because you guys saved the life of the Empress, yeah, we you do. have like honorary like plots of land. Oh, jeez. Not not nearly Can as big as... Can we take them some... from the Winter Palace and no. get our houses they back? They are signed. Oh. They have already picked them for you. Dang. Um, but it just occurred to me, some of the Elysians might ask, are your children then heirs to an Orlesian family? That's a weird concept. Because <laughs> that might have to come up later. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> I'm sure they'll just love it. Yep, that's what we need. Magical MacGuffin babies. Like, between the three of us, we've got, like, magical MacGuffin child, child that's going to be able to swing a sword at the age of, like, three, and the girl who keeps cutting people's ears off. So, really, actually, a very fair representation of their parents, if you think about it. (laughs) You're not wrong. You are not wrong. 
Chevaliers are trained harsh, and they operate under a code of honor that places this honor above their lives in value. This honor does not stop corruption, however, as Chevaliers also hold considerable power in their home of Orlais. The knighthood essentially is above the law, meaning that a Chevalier's word will always be heard over a wronged commoner with proof. That's this, bad. This keeps them feared by those of lower classes, and while those of higher classes rather enjoy the power. As people with power tend to do. Uh, a final informal test of becoming a Chevalier apparently entails drunkenly roaming the streets and testing their blades by killing elves. Yeah... Yeah. Mm. I remember yeah. we touched on that in the City Elf. Uh, we did, yeah. But it is yeah. worth repeating because, because these guys... are monsters. Mm. They can't see you pointing your finger no. at them. <laughs> they can feel it. I'm projecting it through their ear holes. You could have very much just said ears and made that less, <laughs> less uncomfortable. Uh, joining the Chevaliers, however, is a great way to gain status in Orlais, and it is a common route for lesser nobles or younger children of the families uh, to gain experience and power when they otherwise have nothing to inherit, because they're not the oldest children, or they otherwise don't have much to get. Uh, the Chevalier Order has not always been open to all applicants. Uh, the first female Chevalier, Sir Aveline, the one that Dragon Age 2 Aveline was named after, was killed for trying to join the Order, in spite of her more than proving her worth. Uh, her death inspired a generation to tear down these old rules, and now all are able to join, so long as they have noble lineage. So, oh, hilariously, does that mean that my kids could be Chevaliers? Ooh. Elven Chevaliers? They might contest it, since it was, they see it as more of an honorary title. Do, do they want to fight me? No, they really don't. Then I have Chevalier kids. Then you have Chevalier kids. Oh, and, even, that. and like even though women are allowed to become chevaliers now, it's not something that they encourage yeah. for their women in Orlais. So, you know, women in Orlais are supposed to be these dainty flowers. And, mm. and, or, yeah. you know, barts. Wear masks and uh, yes. hire people to stab other people so you don't yes. have to get your own hands dirty. Exactly. And also move all of your organs to the other parts of your body so that corset can get a little, a little tighter. <laughs> Exactly. Give you lots of really nice back support, though. Yes. As someone who has worn a corset, that part's comfy. Hmm. So, love them or hate them, it is undeniable that the Chevaliers are a formidable power in Orlais, and their name carries weight just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for examples uh, that we've already got out there, who in the Dragon Age universe has taken the specialization already? It's not a lot of very uh, characters who are very close to a lot of player characters, but we do have characters like Gaspar de Chillon uh, from Empire of Masks and Dragon Age Inquisition, where he is a potential antagonist. Uh, or potential ally, depending on how you feel about the Orlesian throne. Uh, there is Michel de Chivin, uh, also from Empire of Masks. Uh, or Masked also Empire. Let's see. Oh, no, you're right. Oh, you're right. Masked Empire. Is that right? God. Also, you know the name of the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, <laughs> where you can meet him hunting down uh, a particular demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we all uh, a lot of us know Jean-Marc Stroud. Uh, before he was a Grey Warden, of course, he was a Chevalier. And he shows up, of course, in Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition. Him and his mustache. And his mustache. That mustache, at least, has one rank in the, in the specialization. I was going to say, I imagine that, that mustache hasn't stopped being a chevalier. <laughs> I don't think that that's a thing that mustaches like that get to do. Mm-mm. 
So, how do you become a Chevalier these days? It's kind of rough. Uh, you need both a dexterity and a strength of three or higher, and you need to be a journeyman in the mounted combat style, which means you're also going to want the dexterity riding focus. Uh, it is worth noting that warriors do not get mounted combat style as a potential starting talent, which means you will need to take it at level, take the novice degree at three and the journeyman at five to just barely get into the spec in time if it's your first specialization. Mounted combat style is going to be your big trick for a while if this is the one you're going for at level six. Hopefully your GM will take this into account when designing encounters for you and your party. Yeah, if you want this as your first specialization, you've got to plan for it at like session zero. Yes. I wish I feel because the, I mean, it's mm -hmm. so the numbers are so high to get it. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a lot of work. Those are two primary abilities, which you're probably already starting with them fairly high, but you're only gonna have like two uh, two chances to make them go up. Yeah. Well, is Dex a primary for warriors though? It is. It Strength, is. dex, and con. Strength, dex, oh, yeah, and con. Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. So it's going to be a little rough for you. Uh, that is you're gonna rough. Have to, you're going to have to plan for it. And hope you roll high when you're rolling up your numbers in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, be good at it. Get good. <laughs> Get good at them dice. Be born rolls. good. Uh, now, uh, as for the uh, more in-game methods of obtaining the specialization, we have, of course, trainers, quests, and collecting tomes. Uh, getting a trainer is probably the most obvious route to gaining this spec, as there are plenty of people in Orlais to teach you to become a Chevalier. You may be able to find trainers outside of Orlais, if your campaign uh, permits it. It is likely, but it is also quite likely that you have been training for this since before the campaign began, because it is quite demanding and very thorough training. So your concept, your character concept, may just be built around becoming a knight of the Chevaliers. So... You'll have plenty of people to pick from, but actually getting a trainer probably is going to involve you, you know, joining the Chevaliers, going to uh, the the the, Cheval the Academy of Chevaliers. So, uh, next we of course there's quests. Uh, quests are probably going to actually just end up leading you back to a trainer anyway. Um, but true. quests may work better for campaigns that are outside of Orlais, uh, or for people in Orlais who do not have a lot of powerful standing. Mm -hmm. I may not be considered. You may have to prove yourself to a chevalier or an ex-chevalier who then agrees to teach you. Also, I would imagine if you're not human, you don't even really want to super try for this. Uh... You'd have to have super rare snowflake circumstances, so. As, I mean, yeah. I, I can't see, lore-wise, anybody in Orlais teaching somebody who's not human. Yeah, you know, all those Canari Chevaliers that... Right. They, uh... Or, you know, even better, you know, the elves. Yeah, as just to say, elven <laughs> Chevaliers, I mean, we now have a reason that they might have to, but... They might have to. Now they yeah. have to. But outside of that... Outside of special snowflake circumstances. Yeah, right. pretty much you're going to have to be a human. Uh, elves don't have any... I don't think there's any noble families of elves in Orlais, so you may just be out of luck in the be up to begin with. And considering, yeah. you know, you got to go... You go kill elves at the end of your training. Uh, yeah. You know... I suppose yeah. you don't have to, but they're probably not going to respect you much if you don't. Well, they weren't going to respect you anyway because you're an elf. True story. I mean, you gotta prove that you're better than they are. Oh, gross. That you're something above the rest. Gross, 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 gross. Ugh. 
And what do you think they'll do to an elf who proves they're better than them? Ooh, oh, they're going to kill them super fast. <laughs> Can't have an elf be better than a human. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That ruins my whole preconceived notions of stuff. So, uh, finding tomes is possible. Uh, this would be how you would do it as an elf, I guess. <laughs> Probably. Go to your local public library. Check out a book. But, um, you, so finding tomes that actually have the techniques and traditions of the Chevaliers is probably fairly rare, especially outside of Orlais, uh, and it's also quite possible that possessing such a, co- a copy of such valuable knowledge outside of, outside of Orlais comes with consequences. There may be people who don't like you sharing the secrets of the Chevaliers. Uh, protecting the source of this knowledge may be what gets you into the spec. Mm-hmm. It gives you a chance to read it. Yep. That could be, and that'd be a good uh, hook in general. I would like that, yeah, a hook, a good hook. So, what does the specialization do in the first place? Well, we're going to tell you. What it do? Uh, because you're listening to the podcast that talks about what the Chevalier does. Thank you for reestablishing that. Uh, while the lore suggests that Chevaliers actually train for a very wide range of combat situations, from fighting undead, to dealing with magic users, fighting large beasts, uh, maybe even darkspawn, the majority of your ability that comes from this spec is grand skill at fighting while mounted. Uh, this spec builds on your abilities from horseback, which should already be noticeable from that mounted combat style that you took and got a journeyman's degree. You're already getting some cool toys from that, so... Mm-hmm. Chevalier is just going to help you build on top of it. Uh, so, for the novice degree of the specialization, if you didn't already know the Lances group, then you learn it. You can, uh, I think, as of the core rulebook coming out, I don't know if this was the same back when the game came in boxes, mm-hmm. uh, but now warriors can select Lances from level 1, if they so choose. So, this, this degree will give you Lances if you don't already have it. That said, be careful, because uh, this really only works as a weapon when you're mounted. Yes. If you're on foot, that is suddenly an improvised weapon. You may as well have picked up a chair. like A very heavy, pointy chair. A very heavy, very pointy chair. That does. Incidentally, don't sit on your lance. Don't do it. Don't. Hmm. Ouch. Why did I just think of swords and shields in this moment? Okay, see, I was talking about even horizontally. I had a feeling that everybody else was going to take this a different direction. We know direction. what game we're playing. Yeah. We have flirt stunts. Oh, boy, I really hope that flirt stunts and sitting on a lance are not combined in any way, shape, or form. This is a family podcast. This is a family podcast. Um, as now, uh, an interesting thing that I came up with while I was doing this research is as to whether or not you can have a lance in one hand and a shield in the other is not clear. And it will probably be up to your GM to decide whether or not that's allowed. It might be reasonable to allow a shield, as lances are usually wielded in one hand anyway, kind of tucked under your arm. Uh, the GM might, however, also be within reason to give you a penalty on tests involving staying on your mount or controlling your mount if you have no hands on the reins. Okay. I think... Historically, were there swords and lances? Or so, wait, the lances and shields? Help me out here. Yeah. I can't recall. You ever recall. watch Knight's Tale? You ever see the movie Knight's I, Tale? I was, see, here's the deal. Is I was literally <laughs> thinking of a Knight's Tale. I was like, <laughs> of all the things to think of that are historically accurate, that movie is not one of them. No, it's not. But they but, have, <laughs> no, um, they have like little lovely. shields. They're not full um, yeah, you can't like body, tower shield. Right, it's basically enough to cover like your face or your 
um your chest if you had to. Yeah, so maybe a buckler or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like a light shield. That's probably within reason. Just talk to your GM. Um, Figure it out with them. Additionally, as part of the novice degree, you can perform the taunt stunt for one stunt point, and you may use communication etiquette instead oh. of communication deception when performing the stunt. That is Orlesian as all get out. Oh, I love it. Um, how, and brave of course, of you, how brave of you to come at me with that sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> goodness, that... Uh, armor you're wearing is very rustic i like it <laughs> yes it, I, I, how brave of you to come out in public wearing that beautiful antique like <laughs> um now this discount on taunt does make it a more attractive option for that last stunt point you need to spend and why not be politely insulting with exactly. that last stunt point um and don't forget you can combine it with things like sway the crowd you can have a neat little three stunt point debuff for a few enemies uh, or more if you spend more stun points or have the oratory talent, uh, which we'll come back to later. The oratory talent is darn good. It is. Uh, but if you take the journeyman degree in Chevalier, when you charge with a lance weapon while you're also mounted, you deal an extra 1d6 damage on a hit. Uh, if you're using any other kind of weapon, it's a plus one bonus to damage. Uh, now this, of course, is in addition to the plus one bonus to damage that you're already getting for doing mounted charges thanks to your mounted combat style. You gotta uh, love stacking bonuses. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means that the extra damage is at least plus two with non-lances and 1d6 plus one with lances. Uh, and, of course, this stacks with things like Mighty Blow or Lethal Blow. Uh, yeah. Your mounted combat style is also letting you use your mount's full speed when using the charge action. Uh, normally, you move half speed and then attack. So all of these things together means that your charges are going to be super exciting. Mm -hmm. You're going to be definitely hard to outpace. Mm -hmm. Not impossible. No. As we learn. <laughs> but hard. We do have an amusing anecdote involving a Chevalier in our campaign. We have a couple. A Boy, we, <laughs> we, we do have a few. We ruined that guy's life, didn't we? We, we really did. Uh, Good. So, your char because your charge actions are going to be so important for, st for pumping out that damage... You're going to want to perhaps talk to your party members about setting you up with some skirmish stunts or setting yourself up with skirmish stunts so that you can get some bit of mobility. <clears throat> Unless your GM just lets you do a charge when you're standing next to somebody, which sounds kind of silly. That seems a little weird. Yeah. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Modern Age actually adjusted the charge action so that you have to move at least a certain amount of yards before it actually... You get the plus one bonus. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like two squares is a... Yeah. Two squares, I think. In Pathfinder, I believe it's two squares effectively, mm -hmm. if you want to charge. Seems legit. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the master degree of the Chevalier Specialization says that when you're mounted, you can use the, you can use the run action as a minor action, uh, which means that you can move double your speed as a minor action, and when you do, you get a plus one to your defense. Mm-hmm. This can be an incredible boost to speed that is very useful for escapes, chases, or trying to get from one side of the battle to the other. Uh, and just so that we're clear, that does mean that uh, normally when you are moving, uh, you can try and get triple your speed by running as a major and then moving as a minor. Chevaliers can take two minors to move quadruple their speed, uh, essentially with this, with this degree of the talent, which means you are super fast with your mount. You're just flying all over the board. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Now, uh, this can be super useful for uh, 
And I'd say I just said all those things. Yeah. Uh, the talent, however, does not say how long this plus one bonus to defense lasts. Uh, it might just last until you're finished with the run action. That or doesn't it, make a whole lot of sense since there are no attacks of opportunity there aren't. in this game. Right. There could be folks who have ready, who have prepared an action to attack you. That would. But. That I'm, seems extremely silly. Right. I'm more inclined to believe that the plus one to bonus to defense lasts until the, at least your next turn. That like would that. be my guess as well. Mm-hmm. It's not super long, but it still gets you some mileage. And of course, if you run twice, it doesn't stack because no. bonuses from the same source don't stack. That's correct. So how does this spec mix with others? There's some interesting <laughs> flavors There's some here. interesting little mixes here. Like, uh, first one, Berserker. Chevalier yeah. Berserker. That could not be a... interesting. <laughs> right. Conceptually curious. Not exactly a refined and honorable sounding Chevalier. Maybe a Chevalier that's finally gone over the edge. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. Ex-Chevalier. Still has all the skills, but is angry. <laughs> Angry. Angry. Uh, I mean, you're going to be a mounted terror because you're getting bonuses to damage from your charge. You're getting bonuses to damage from your Berserker talent. From your Berserker talent, you're getting discounts on Lethal Blow. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit... Real hard on those charges, and it's yes. going to be nasty. Uh, and the Chevalier's bonus to defense at master level could even help counter the penalty to defense that the Berserk mode imparts. So mechanically, it's actually a pretty solid combo. You but, just really can't be a good standing Chevalier at that. Or moment. a good standing Berserker, really. Nobody likes you, but you're very good at both <laughs> of your jobs. Right. It just works for some reason. I mean, if someone gets that character concept to fly, then. I want to hear about yeah, it. That you, sounds you like a really tell fun us. game. Yeah. Uh, the next one's a bit more flavorfully appropriate. The sh- the champion. Yeah. It seems an ideal fit for the noble chevalier, becoming the leader of, on the back of a shining steed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lead the charge into combat, inspiring allies from atop your horse with your rally ability, with your rally mode, uh, and your charge that is already dealing a whole bunch of damage now gives people penalties on attack rolls. Uh, which you, you can, can, of course, yeah. Com- yeah. Let's say because then you can taunt, and you can make it harder even for them to attack. Mm-hmm. And combining that with the buffs that you can give from being a champion, that's that's a pretty sizable setup in your favor. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Plus, it makes you look good. It does. You look good. Uh, the next one would be the Guardian. Uh, a more defensive Chevalier may prefer defending their allies or a specific charge that they have been placed with. Uh, like... Uh, Perhaps Michelle de Chivin, uh, in the case of him being placed uh, in the let's see, uh, in the employee of the Empress. Mm-hmm. Maybe he took it. I don't know. I don't know what he took. Who knows? But uh, I should look at the wiki now that I'm thinking about it. It, it doesn't move super well with the fact that you have to be on a, like your mobility doesn't really work very well with the guardian mm-hmm. abilities, simply because. Actually, there's a couple of reasons this is a little bit difficult. It One is. of them is the knockdown, the you know, the can't be knocked down, applies to you and not your mount. So yep. your mount can get knocked over, and that's still bad for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get to just video game clip yourself out of the saddle and <laughs> upright, but boy, that's a funny image. I like it. That Skyrim is a weird game. Skyrim is a <laughs> weird game, and people have done some strange things to it. Uh... But uh, the other issue with Guardian is that if you're using your mobility, you're going to be very far from your, you know, the person you've chosen to protect. It's so true. this is true. 
that will make it very hard for you to actually use your guardian abilities unless you use them on your mount. Ooh. Ooh. I like that idea. Dang, why didn't I think of that? Maybe you are a chevalier that actually, you know, has a really solid relationship with their horse. Ooh, that's good. And you want to protect them. Now, granted, you still aren't going to get any use out of your, like, standing your ground sort of guardian stance. Means you can't be parted from the mount. That is true. They can't really... Well, you could... You'd have to argue that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, as we'll talk... As we'll mention later... The master degree of the mounted combat style is you can never be dismounted by knock prone. Oh, well, um, but as your horse can not, still fall down. Yes. We'll have to talk about that. Maybe the horse can a... take the guardian deck. <laughs> cool. Oh, and they can guard you. Oh, that's yeah. really sweet. I like that. That's that's a nice That's, that's a real nice. nice. Right. Very a boy in this horse. Sort of. <laughs> uh, the next one is also kind of a weird fit. Uh, the Reaver. Yeah, again, this is not going to make you everybody's favorite Chevalier. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily improve the damage of your charges, but it still gives you some pretty sick damage potential. Um, and, you know, the Master Degree of the Reaver lets you, you know, move to attack another foe immediately after killing a foe, which, for somebody who can move as fast as you can, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, next is also a weird combo, uh, the Spirit Warrior. I like this one because Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of a Chevalier who kind of hates, the, who is very Chantry and like, Mm -hmm. has this horrible little secret, and that is that they're really only most effective when they are allowing themselves access to to the Spirit Realm. Like, I like that. I'm down. A lot of self-hate going on there, a lot of conflict. I like it a lot. So complicated. Yeah. Life's really hard. Life is hard. This it's an is Avril Dragon Lavigne Age. song. <laughs> Why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, a potentially used uh, within an Inquisition era game, as there's an awful lot of demons around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. spirit warriors are real good at fighting demons, so that it's. I mean, you, if you're on the horseback, you're probably moving a lot faster than demons, so you can probably make it work. Yeah. Especially if you're adding your willpower to damage. So on those charges, you're adding two ability scores, an extra d6 plus one. Those demons better watch out. Yeah. Uh, next, the last one is a curious one: Chevalier Templar like everything that my faith misplaced character does not care for. <laughs> All in one place. <laughs> you are just everything I hate. Chevaliers are the worst kinds of people. Templars are the other worst are the kinds, other of, kinds people. of worst kinds of people. <laughs> you are just the worst worst. Uh, it's not impossible to exist, but taking one speck in the and the other might signify a change in life goals, going from the Chantry to the Chevaliers or from the Chevaliers to the Templars. It's uh, more likely than the Chevalier Reaper, or Reaver. Yeah, that's, uh, for sure. That's This is still a little more likely. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that charge damage that also drains mages of their magic means you're not going to be big friends to mages. Mm-hmm. Uh, their abilities don't necessarily complement each other, but they don't really hinder each other either. Nah. If you're fighting mages... It'll help. I kind of like. 
I kind of like the idea of the Chevalier Templar using their mounts' uh, crazy speed with their minor run action, getting in between a bunch of mages, and then using the cleanse man like the mana cleanse power that they get as a Master Templar. Just sort could of, be could be yeah. fun, you know, just to swoop in and debuff. That would swooping is bad, but it would be effective in this case. In this very particular case. All right. So, uh, we have a couple extra little remarks that we want to add. Uh, because the Chevalier does open up a couple of specific uh, things that you want to ask yourself. Oh, actually, I wanted to ask first. Oh. Uh, Leona, which would you, like, just out of curiosity, if you had to pick one of those combos, which one would you go for? Um, personally, I'd go for Guardian. Okay, yeah. I I really, really enjoy the Guardian um, specialization. That's, yeah. That's, uh, my dwarf is actually a Guardian. And, nice. um, I don't know. It, bringing it, you know, making your horse your ward, basically. Yeah. It, it's cute. It's an excellent, excellent idea. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you go through some, like, um, I know you've got it down later, the um, mounted combat style. If you get up to master, you're not mm -hmm. getting knocked off your horse. So, Yeah, that is pretty solid. I'm down. I think that would be a good one. I really like the idea of being best buds with your horse. And... I really do. You said that, and I'm like, because, you know, I would probably, if I was a... If I was a Chevalier, I probably, you know, just to make sense, would go champion. But you said that about the horse, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> Here it is. And it is. <laughs> I'm yeah. in. I am all in. I think I would have to play, like, I'd be all about the conflict. I want the uh, spirit warrior yeah. Chevalier who has yeah. this terrible secret to hide and maybe will learn to accept themselves mm -hmm. and maybe will not. But uh, either way, look out, demons. I, uh, uh, partially for the mechanics and partially because I think it could tell a great story. I like the idea of the Chevalier who then goes berserker. You just things, like Berserker, too. I mean, like, the game occasionally has losers. And this guy could be somebody who either didn't play it lost. very well or just got very unlucky, and they lost. And they've lost so much, so now they've become this kind of dark knight. Oh, jeez. That wants, maybe they want revenge, maybe they just want to take out their frustration on other people... Uh, maybe they seek some way to kind of take this anger and use it constructively, if if possible. Yeah. Now, how dark is this Dark Knight getting? Because Reaver would also fit that bill Ooh. pretty well. Reaver, Chevalier with a dragon mount. Thank oh, you. Man. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I'm changing my answer. Oh, man. Get you a wyvern. What was, that? What was the guy in Dragon Age 2 who wrote a wyvern? I don't know, but if you've seen the Cassandra movie, you know it's very <laughs> technically possible for somebody to ride a dragon. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. That so no, that's my movie. vote. That such is my super movie. vote right now is Chevalier, Reaver, Dragon Mount. Good stuff. I'm down. Yeah. Yes, I would it. like to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of mounts, let's talk about your mount. because you're Is it a dragon? It could be. It should be. I mean, maybe it's even a griffin. <gasps> Since, I mean... Grey Warden! 
We've got stats for Griffins in the Fantasy Age Bestiary, so... Well, you know, it's really good you said that, because I didn't really want to be a part of this podcast if it didn't have Griffins in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it have Griffins? <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear the story. It, it does now. We'll put it at the top of the episode. This episode has Griffins. <laughs> yes. Now with 100% more Griffins. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since your fighting styles are going to be centered around mounted combat and having a mount, you should take some time to think about that mount. Craft them a backstory and give them a personality. Give them a name. Uh, because chevaliers, it seems, at least from the books I've read, grow very close to their mounts. Mm-hmm. And if you're a guardian and you've got your your mount is your best buddy. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, of course, this does bring up the potential pitfalls of having animal companions in a Dragon Age game. Uh You'll just need to talk to your GM about how your animal companion is going to grow and follow the group so that they don't they don't become a burden uh, and could, in fact, become an asset. Yes, you want them to be, cl- like, uh, you know, close enough in level that you're not worried about them dying all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you you know, you don't want them to be too, too powerful so that they mm-hmm. wreck everything. Right. Like, uh, I believe in our... Let's play, not let's play, our, our actual play that we did with the, uh, what did we call them? Justicars. The Justicars, yes. I believe I wasn't a Chevalier, but I had an animal companion. Mm-hmm. I had a... Uh, a Hala. yeah. That's what I had. So yeah, and we had to balance that out yes. as well. Mm-hmm. We had to figure that out. Yeah, we had one, one of our players had a um, falcon. Nice. As Very their nice. animal companion named David. Aww. David, I like it. I David like was great. David the hmm. Falcon. Uh, now, as a couple of possible suggestions, you might simply, uh, when your char- when your character hits a certain level, then you add a template to the NC to the mount, making it maybe elite at level eight, uh, heroic at level twelve, and epic at level sixteen. Mm-hmm. Now, the you could potentially have these templates replace each other with the better one. Or be cumulative, especially if you've got a high-level game. That can get a little exponential, though. Yeah. Uh, It it can. It it gives them about the same amount of advancement that a player character would get uh, in the span of about eight levels. Maybe you could spread it out, uh, or... um, or you can even make, make an entire progression just for Animal Companions. Yeah. There are some talents that would work as well. I mean, mm-hmm. armor training, observation, quick reflexes, all of these are things that would help keep them out alive if Very you much. didn't want to have to, like, boost their power levels quite so much, but, you mm-hmm. know, you wanted them survivable. Those are some options. And uh, if you have access to the Blue Rose Core book, consider allowing the Tooth and Claw talent to make them out more powerful in combat. Uh, and if you have access to the Fantasy Age Companion, consider allowing them to take the Mighty Thuse or Great Endurance Talents. Thuse. Thuse. That's such a great word. Isn't that Boy, a cool word? Yeah, I haven't said that enough yet. Thuse. <laughs> I feel like that's the sound of, uh, you know, that like a firework makes as it comes out of Thuse. You're right, it is. Thuse. Except with muscles. Yes, except heckin' muscles. good this is good so um this and now of course giving them their entire progression or make giving them templates uh can make could potentially make them more powerful than guardian horse Uh, guardian horse 
Guardian horse. Guard each other. A, guardian horse. It could be a lot of fun for your players, as mentioned, as demonstrated. Um, and if, uh, as long as the player doesn't mind essentially having two character sheets to manage, then it can be very satisfying. That would be uh, cool. Now, whether or not you do give the amount armor training, you may want to t- still talk to your GM about giving the amount armor to increase their survivability because yeah. that will make sure that they stay alive. Also, horses uh, don't usually have armor. Yeah, and because of that, this armor will probably not be super cheap. It will probably be the opposite of super cheap. It will yeah. probably cost you a pretty penny. That said, there really aren't that many things to spend your money on. So, why not? Might as well. Buy your horse some sweet digs. Yeah, maybe don't buy that extra, like, third wheel of cheese and save up for your horse's armor. <laughs> or your dragon's or armor. You can, or you can get both, because cheese. I mean, that is true. <laughs> yeah, counterpoint, cheese is good. So... Something that I thought we should mention is because this specialization relies so heavily on mounted combat, it might be good to do a quick primer on mounted combat. Uh, It's because I don't think it as far as I know, it doesn't get used very often. Mm -hmm. But I like the way that mounted combat is handled in Dragon Age and uh, other Age games. It's it's really straightforward. Uh, We're going to paraphrase the rules on mounted combat. If you want to read them for yourself, they are on page 53, along with a very apropos picture of a chevalier. Uh, getting on or off a mount is a move action, and you can move half your speed as part of this move action, very much like going prone or standing up as part of a move. Uh, when you are mounted, you use your minor actions to run. Uh, to minor, you use your actions to run or move, but you use the speed of the mount. Mm-hmm. The mount does not get their own speed of actions to to move. Uh, you use your actions to make the mount move or run. While most mounts have no attacks, the ones that do may perform them on your turn. The rulebook does not say if this requires you to spend an action, so the GM may rule either way. Uh, mm-hmm. Mounts might might require the major action of the rider to perform their attack, or maybe uh, when the rider performs attacks, the mount attacks alongside them. Uh, it is rare for mounts to have attacks in the first place, uh, but so but giving them attacks that they can take with their riders could make mounted enemies very dangerous. Yes. So many attacks. It would also be good if you had somebody wielding a short bow, for example. Oh, I don't Mm -hmm. know. On, say, a hollow with very pointy horns. Heck yeah. That would give you some uh, melee opportunities while you're uh, shooting out farther. For sure. Could be nice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you get a plus one bonus on melee attacks against foes who are grounded while you are mounted. The GMA rule that this does not work against larger creatures like ogres or dragons. Uh unseating you requires a knock-prone stunt that you get to resist with a dexterity writing test versus a target number of 10 plus the attacker's strength. Failing this test knocks you off the mount, onto the ground prone, and deals you 1d6 penetrating damage. And also some embarrassment damage. Also embarrassment, because what kind of chevalier are you? (laughs) Being knocked off your horse. Yeah, you know, you're an embarrassment to to everything that the Chevaliers stand for. (laughs) Because you're not standing currently. Uh, The GM, of course, uh, then gets to dictate the actions of your mount. Whether or not your mount is going to flee because they're not necessarily combat trained, or if their mount just is going to wait for you, or maybe if you're a guardian, maybe it defends you. Or maybe you picked the dragon, but you were a reaver and you weren't very nice to it, and maybe it, it turns it. on you. Now, 
Uh, those who are riding along on mounts but not actually commanding them, so passengers, don't need to spend move and run actions to stay mounted. They get their whole suite of actions for themselves. Uh, this all, these rules also apply when you're driving a vehicle, like a cart or a wagon, uh, with the exception that when knock prone is used against you uh, to knock you off the vehicle, you get to use strength driving to stay in the seat, and passengers use dexterity acrobatics to stay on board. Hmm. If you're going to use mounted combat, I would also say make sure that you get all of you get the mounted combat style um, talent as focus as well. Not mm -hmm. focus, talent rather, because mm -hmm. um, you get rid. Some of these things go away, like the um, the not prone stunt at a master level. You don't get knocked prone. Heck yeah. There is no such thing as being knocked prone at master level mounted combat style. You're just so, so you're nice. just you're like glued to your horse's saddle and you're sad that <laughs> horse is not falling over. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna glue this horse's feet to the ground. I'm gonna glue my butt to the horse and ain't nobody gonna do nothing to stop me. Nope. You and your mount shall never be parted. So, you know, if you're really into this, highly suggest you take that. Um, Heck yeah. That talent. I mean, you're already a journeyman at it because you got into Chevalier. You might as well right. take that last one. Take that yeah, master. Some nice little pieces there. Uh, another talent that is suggested is the horsemanship talent. Mm. Oh, mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's there. Get it. Uh, this talent just makes you better at riding. Um, the novice degree lets you jump in and out of the saddle with a free action instead of having to spend your move. That's useful. Uh, mm -hmm. The journeyman degree increases your mount speed by plus two, which improves the range of your charges and your run, uh, running actions. Mm -hmm. uh, and the master degree, you just get a flat plus one bonus to defense while you were mount, riding a mount, and you get to reroll failed dexterity riding tests. I mean, that's just good. It's just solid stuff. Can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this next one is painfully Orlesian. <laughs> Chevaliers are painfully Orlesian. Also that. Yeah. Uh, the intrigue talent. Uh, because if you are a Chevalier, chances are very high that you're going to be spending at least some of your adventure involved in some politics. This talent is only going to help you survive the battlefield that is an important gala once you're outside of this, once you are off the saddle. Yeah, eventually you are going to have to uh, remove your super glued butt from your saddle and walk into a place with other people. Mm -hmm. And he will have to be able to interact with those people in a way that isn't stabbing them with a lance. So Preferably. this will help you do that. Um, Can recommend. That, one that would probably come highly recommended is the animal training talent. This can, of course, represent the growing rapport with your mount. And not to mention, can give them a bit more versatility in and out of combat. Because I don't can... actually remember what this one does, I'll be honest with uh, you. The novice degree lets you teach an animal simple tricks. Uh, with, with some time of training. Uh, the journeyman degree lets you teach them more complicated tricks, like, uh, let's say, like, guard this place, or defend this person, or uh, mm -hmm. go to this place and bring something back. Um, yeah. So what are simple yeah. tricks, then? Simple tricks are, like, attack, stay. heal, oh, okay. stay. Follow, yeah. And you can teach as many as your communication skill, mm -hmm. or your communication um, nice. score. And, and you, then I think your journeyman is your communication score times two. Or is it times two or plus two? Maybe plus two. Either way, you get a couple extras for taking the mat. There's uh, a two in there. I did it. Really? <laughs> I did it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> really? It's, it's a plus. plus two. It's a plus. It's a plus two. I'm sorry. 
I found the spider page again. It just wants to be seen. I can't with you and your stupid spider page. <clears throat> anyway, uh, and of course, the master degree of the animal training lets you add plus one to your amount strength or dex. Um, but you have to have a month of training to do it. It does so. take a while. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. You, so, you, you're gonna at the very least you need a heckin' training montage. Like yeah. Gonna need a serious training montage where, mm-hmm. like, you you know, you ask the horse to do something and it does something comical and you just shake your head and then it star wipes to another moment and then maybe <laughs> the horse gets it and you pump your fist in the air and it freeze frames and then you're back, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the horse is punching the air with you. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yes, you're not sure why that's happening because you definitely didn't teach the horse to punch the air, but. Bonus. Bonus trick. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> Um, next, uh, is flavorfully appropriate, the command talent, especially if you're intending on climbing the ranks of the Chevaliers, you're probably going to want this one. Yes. Uh, and it can be particularly useful if you're participating in military campaigns, where you might be leading other NPCs into battle. Uh, and, uh, one that's always highly recommended, uh, the oratory talent. Boy, I love this one. Not only does it make you a great public speaker, make you very popular to talk to, uh, around and see in large group with, with large mm-hmm. groups of people, um, it also super, can also supercharge your cheap taunt stunt, because you can use that Sway the Crowd stunt, uh, to hit three additional people with, let's see, with the taunt, instead of just one additional person. Uh, so with three stunt points, you can taunt four people. Seven, let's see, seven people with five stunt points and ten people with seven stunt points. That's a lot. That's a lot. You can taunt a lot of folks. Well, I guess technically you wouldn't be able to... For seven, you would still need... Oh, you'd, no, you're you'd, right. You'd have to spend the cost of the stunt. Unless... You, your, your campaign is allowing you the performance talent. See, there are some weird wiggle room things to do here. So. The performance talent will then decrease the cost of sway the crowd. Yeah, well, I mean, what are they going to do? Have you take the music talent? <laughs> Oof. Oof. I'm sorry. I think was we that, touched on this Was that too salty? We talked about this in the salt. Bard episode. Consider the performance talent over the music talent. So lower, your, lower your sodium intake. Everybody, we'll stop. All right. Uh, last thing we got here are a couple of plot hooks to try and get chevaliers involved in your campaigns. Or... To be fair, we've already given you some excellent character concepts. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you have cat friends having fun. I have a cat that has discovered something to play with. That Sounds like is a die. What they do. I think it's a bottle top, actually. Yes, right. it's the top oh. to a bottle. Oh, here we go. Good job, cat. Now we know. All right, shall I do one of these? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Two warriors intend to duel each other, and the PCs, or another party, want the Chevalier participating in the duel to lose. To this end, they have taken steps to place weak poisons in the Chevalier's food, weaken their weapons, and spread erroneous rumors about their foe's tactics. Depending on the feelings of the PCs, they may wish to attempt to counter these underhanded tactics, encourage them, or simply do nothing. So... I mean, unless you're the one causing them, in which case, go buck wild, have a good time. <laughs> Poor guy won't see it coming. Nope. We may or may not have... Done this once. Yeah. Done similar things. To poor uh, Lord Forsaw Malcott. Hey, you know what? You know what? He uh-huh. nearly ran me over. I was like, dude, watch it. And he punched me in the face. So he, he, hi- he had his he had, servant he had a punch servant me in the punch face. He had a servant punch you in the face. So my friend Ouch. decked his horse. Okay. <laughs> so the- 
So I told her she couldn't kill your him. Your Kunari friend punched his horse to the yeah, ground. Yeah, I told her she couldn't kill him, so she looked at the horse and looked at me and looked at the horse and then said, horse is fair game. And one shot punched the thing to the ground. So... <laughs> I like it. Things were downhill for him from there. I was unsure <laughs> as to whether or not a sh- uh, uh, what happens if your mount falls prone while you're on it. Probably some damage? I guess so. At least for the mount. At the very least, you would also be prone. Probably. At least until the mount manages to get up. Yeah, or you get off. Or you get off. Uh, Leona, would you like to read the next one? I shall. A mighty war horse is found by the PCs on the road. The saddlebags of the horse contains letters that must get to the local duke or duchess, but the horse is stubborn and willful. The PCs may try to befriend it to make the journey easier, and the chevalier who is separated from their steed in a skirmish would be very grateful to have the horse back. Do the PCs return this strong war horse or try to sway it to follow them? And what of the letters? Are they dangerous intelligence? Would the Chevalier need to imprison the PCs for learning the secrets in the letters? Speaking of punching horses, I guess. Don't punch horse. this one. No, make this one your best buddy. Yeah. Guardian horse. Guardian horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and last we have a young Orlesian wants to become a Chevalier. But only people of noble families can join the knightly order. This youngster enlists the help of the PCs to fake their pedigree and convince the Chevaliers that the youngster is a minor noble of a forgotten house. This may require infiltrating the Council of Heralds and forging documents, and perhaps even staging the dramatic appearance of this minor scion. Even spreading rumors of a lost family of heroes could contribute. They must step lightly if their secret is revealed, and they they and the youngster could be in deadly trouble if they do not flee the country. That could be fun. I love the intrigue there. You know, speaking of the movie Knight's Tale. Yes! There we go. Yeah, yes! There we go. Yeah. That is just the movie Knight's Tale. You are 100% correct. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> you are a goober. <laughs> I, li- I like that movie, too. It was a good, good movie. movie. Main actor was very attractive. Very pretty. You talk about Heath Ledger? Mm. Poor Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. Taken before his time. Mm-hmm. I also like that movie because the fake name he takes is Ulrich von Lichtenstein, but his first name is William. And so basically both of his names are my dad. Pretty much. So my dad's William Ulrich, so... That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty much like my dad. Good stuff. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to the Lines of Thetis podcast, episode 61. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. If you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear the episodes a week early on Patreon. Yeah. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog and in the post for this show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question or even tell us how your Dragon Age games are going. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out. Mm-hmm. Thanks, well, everyone, uh, for listening. I think, uh, yeah, my voice is getting a little hoarse, so it would behoove us to uh, finish to this, good, this podcast. And, and say goodnight. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess yes. so. Yes! This is why we're friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. This is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels. And this is Leona. May the creators guide you on your way. Thank you all so much for listening to the One is the Fittest podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.